Um, Father, we thank you for tonight. Help us. Um, I just want to prepare the way, amen, for my daddy. I'm not really preaching. Um, I'm just um, I'm just obeying. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> There's a difference. So this is obedience. Um, praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Okay, let's read Hebrews chapter 13, verse, verse 20. Verse 20, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Amen. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. Uh, verse 21 said, make you perfect. Amen. Make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Thank you, Jesus. In every good work. Now, the book of Ephesians chapter 1, 2. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Verse 10, say that, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Praise Jesus. Which God had before ordained that we should what? That we should walk in them. Amen. So those good works, he say that um, the God of peace who had brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work. So those good works are the works which he ordained. Right? So the shepherd is the is God really. That's the, the real shepherd. So when you think of a shepherd, a shepherd is in is not a title. Um is not you can't maybe give birth to a child and just call the child a shepherd. Uh, by name, and then send them into a flock or something, give to a farm, and say, take care of everything because you are called a shepherd. Praise God. So that means that a shepherd is not just, uh, it's not just a title, it's a function. Praise God. It's a function, and then every function is a nature property. That as far as you're talking about living beings, not machines, right? If it's a living thing that for a living thing to function a certain way, its function is coming out of its nature. All right. So, so it means that the shepherd um, is actually a nature in God. Uh, it's, an, it's an attribute. And when I read that, um, that uh, Hebrews chapter 13, you know, I see that great shepherd. I know, we know it's the Lord Jesus, but I'm also seeing God himself there as well, that, that you can take that great shepherd and also call it, and in fact, that Jesus didn't come on the scene until later, 
right? And in, through all the scripture that it has been given to us, we saw that the shepherd, I think Pastor Kadian was saying that this morning, that you begin to see the shepherding work of the Lord right from Genesis, right? You see the, in Genesis, Genesis chapter, chapter 1 is the, is the revelation of the creator. Then chapter 2 is the revelation of the shepherd. That shepherd, that Lord, who they began to speak about in chapter 2, is I, don't, is, I believe it's possible to replace Lord with shepherd. That you can say the shepherd God. You can say the shepherd God planted a garden eastward. You can say the shepherd God formed man of the dust. Praise the Lord. And we can see in that chapter 2 of Genesis, the all the shepherding attributes, like our pastor Kadian was saying today, that the, the manifestation of God in the garden was as a walking voice, right? A, a walking voice. And that, you know, like Adam said, I, I heard a voice walking in the garden, and then I heard myself, praise Jesus. And, and I see in that statement that the walking God is the summary of, or the walking talker. Right or a walking voice—that's who God was. The manifestation of God in chapter two of Genesis is as a walking voice. Praise Jesus. So, and a walking voice is the summary of who a shepherd is to a sheep. Praise God. Is a the the shepherd? The shepherd is the voice that is walking. That the sheep needs to hear and follow. Praise Jesus. And so the, the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep is the, the shepherd speaks and walks. The sheep hears and walks. Right? The, the sheep hears and walks. The shepherd speaks and walks. Praise God. And then when you look at that dynamic, you now see this, what, what, what actually is common to them is walking. Praise Jesus. So when you come into the, the sheepfold or the flock, that one thing that must be happening is walking. The shepherd is walking. The word, the sheep is walking. They must both be walking. So you can see that one of the main purpose, and we know that there is feeding involved, but we're not saying that the reason for to feed is to make you to walk. The, the purpose of feeding is what? Is to because why why does the sheep need to walk? Because the the sheep walking is important to the life is necessary for the life of the sheep. So walking of a of a flock or the sheep is not a leisure activity, right? It's not just let's just take a stroll. Every morning when the the shepherd comes and he opens the door and he calls out to his sheep like Jesus was saying in John chapter ten, and when he wants to take them out. They're not just going on a stroll. That the activity which they want to engage in is essential to the survival of the sheep. That if the shepherd suddenly stops doing that, the sheep will be in, pro- in trouble. Praise Jesus. So, so the, the, that thing of walking, and there are many reasons to walk. First, you must walk to feed. That's, we see that from um, the book of Psalm chapter 23. You must f- walk to feed. You must walk to drink. You know, he made me lie down in green pasture, but how do you get to green pasture? You must walk into green pasture. Praise Jesus. And that's how the Lord designed the soul, that green pastures will never come to the soul. Oh, 
the soul must walk into green pasture. I think it was Pastor Thompson that was describing that green pasture. That green pasture has to do with life. Right? That life is something that the soul must press into. God does not bring life to the, the native location of the sheep. So you find out where the sheep is born first as a lamb. That they have to help that lamb first with milk. It's okay to bring milk to the lamb where they are. So the shepherd can even take the lamb and put milk in the mouth of the lamb. That's fine. Or even in a feeding bottle. That, that can happen. I've seen pictures of that before. But when it comes to pastures, green pasture, green pasture is a higher pasture, is a higher food in the spirit that the shepherd does not customarily bring to the sheep. That he has to, through his voice, cause the sheep to walk and then to find green pasture and to lie down. Why is that? Because in the realm of the spirit, there are places where green pastures are planted. And no soul can partake of those pastures unless the soul can what? Can journey, right? Has to journey through the voice of the shepherd to find that green pasture. And that green pasture in the spirit is talking about the, the zone. You know, we're not talking about spatial geography and we're talking about the, the movement of the soul, right? That, that the soul should, from being a baby, drinking milk, should drink milk and drink to a point where Milk helps the sheep to develop the ears that will make the sheep begin to hear the voice of the shepherd. Praise Jesus. And the ears which the sheep develop is for the purpose of finding pasture, which is essential for the life of what? Of the sheep. Praise Jesus. Amen. So can someone say walking? Walking. 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 Praise Jesus. Now, walking, now, let's just see, um, in this Ephesians chapter 2, it says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should do what? That we should walk in them. So, God has ordained, this God here is first of all the creator, because we are his workmanship, who we are created first in Christ, I think, Pastor Emeka was speaking about that. Like, first of all, being created in Christ, then that will lead you to a place where you become with him. So you can see the difference between in and with is a change of position. Right? That word with is something that's the product of journey that nobody can be with Christ without having walked, uh, without having journeyed into the position in the spirit where he occupies. Praise Jesus. So he says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should what? Walk in them. So there is what you call walking in works. Right? That walking in works or good works, these works are the same works of Hebrews chapter um, that make you perfect, right? In what? Every good work, right? So for you to be perfect in every good work, you must have been walking in those works until perfection, right, of those works will occur. Praise Jesus. Now, when we speak about walking, I just want to bring something simple. I just, I just saw it. 
And I feel this would be a good thing to add to the understanding um, of the, the sheepfold and the shepherd, which we are looking at. Now, about walking, in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse, let's see what verse that is, Second Corinthians, praise Jesus. Verse chapter 5 from verse 6, it says that, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, that we are doing we're what absent from the Lord. So the word absent from the Lord means we are not with. Right? We are not with him. So we are absent from him. Now, I don't, I don't think this is just speaking about maybe when you are still on the earth. You haven't died yet. So when you die, you go to heaven and be with him. I think it's more than that. Uh, if you read the context of this place, Daddy has taught a lot around here. Um, but I want us to just have the basic understanding um, that this absent, you see this at home, the word at home in the body is someone can be in the body but not be at home in the body because the body is not their home. So not, it's not everybody who has, it's not everyone who has a body whose body is their home. All right, so, but if a person is at home in the body, that person cannot be with the Lord. The person will be absent from the Lord. Praise Jesus. Are you saying? So it means that to be present with the Lord, there has to be a walk in them. Verse 7 then says that, for we walk by faith and not by what? By sight. Praise Jesus. So we see that this walk of faith here is the walk that, that ties, is a kind of activity of the soul that ties the soul to the, to the present, the vicinity of where the shepherd is. That without walking, there will be separation. Right? Without walking. So it's not possible to claim to claim closeness with the shepherd. It's not possible to claim, you know, to claim being a member of his flock without that basic principle of walking. That every sheep of the Lord walks. Praise Jesus. Every word, sheep of who? Every sheep of the Lord what? Walks. Every sheep of the Lord works. Praise Jesus. Now, but his, this verse is teaching you what, how does sheep walk? Right? How does the walk of sheep, how is it possible? What is it? What is the provision of the spirit that is given to a sheep that makes a sheep to walk? Now, to walk with the Lord is not an easy thing. The word Lord, like I said, is shepherd. It's actually the shepherd. To walk with the shepherd is not easy. Why? Because, number one, where is he? Where does he walk? Where is, his, where is, his, where is he going to? Where, how do you even find him to start with? <laughs> I know this, I'm not asking you physically. If I ask you, where is he? You say, ah, he's in heaven. I, I understand. But I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, we know, I can summarize where, if I know you a little bit, I can summarize where your soul is. How would I summarize it? Simple, just simple things. Like when we when we talk, what do we talk about? What do you care about? What do you? And maybe I should ask you. If I ask your best friend, they can they can accurately describe to me where your soul is. 
based on different things, like where your love is, what things you love, and all of those things. Many, through many descriptions, we can get to know, okay, this is where your soul is. But in that manner, can you describe where the soul of the Lord is? You see, that it's not easy to describe his soul because we don't know much about what he's doing. We don't know a lot about his conversation. Are you seeing that? So it's very clear that you cannot walk together. The Bible says, can two walk together except they do what? Except they agree. That word agreement has to do with knowledge. You know, Pastor Emeka also was teaching us that that the new covenant is not just agreement in that sense of um, tell me what you want and then I'll tell you my own and then we'll make a compromise. So take, I will agree this with this side. You know how negotiations happen that, okay, you know, I will concede this, this part of it. You can concede your most agreements on the earth as we know it happens that way. Um, without the threat of deadly force, you can hardly find any agreement where one person brought all they want, and then the other person brought, say, well, what I want is not important. I just agree with. <laughs> it, doesn't, it hardly happens. Praise God. Unless there's a threat of deadly, maybe a nation who's, who has the power to annihilate the other one from the face of the earth forever. And then they say, okay, this is what we want. Oh, really? Oh, no problem. It's okay because it's a, it's a matter of you know, life and death. Praise God. But God is not like that. God, doesn't, God is not trying to make covenant with you with, with a brutal kind of force. Praise Jesus. But at the same time, God is not going to take a compromise. And God is not, is not going to accept, okay, this part, well, it's okay. I can leave you with this aspect of yourself. And you know what? Bring, in fact, I like that thing you thought about is nice. Let's see if we can change some things in the Godhead to suit what you like. That can never happen. But some of us, we won't say it out, out loud. But thank God that God doesn't listen to what we say. That God looks at the mouth of the heart. What is the heart saying? And if they can open the conversations of hearts, what our hearts are saying to God, it would be a very, very sorry thing. But God hears it. Praise Jesus. So we say that the new covenant is an agreement where God brings all he wants. But and without duress and without force, a man should be able to agree with everything. So, so, so it's a sort of agreement that is, that's why he called it a writing. That a writing is don't bring a pen. That's the commandment. You know, he said, this is the covenant that we have with the house of Israel, that I'll put my laws in your mind, I'll write it. So in the, it's a covenant where the only person writing is one party. God said, don't bring a pen. Just bring the, the, the tablet of the covenant. That in that covenant, I am the only one who should write. That is the contract of every soul. Every soul, if you are coming to God, you must have that agreement that you should not have a say. Like Pastor TJ was saying, it's only goats who come with their pens to the table of agreement. To, okay, God, what about this one? You negotiate. Can I have that? And God is interesting. That when you, when you negotiate with God, you come out with something. But it's not a covenant. You have not made any covenant with God. Praise Jesus. 
Amen. So walking with him, they can two walk together except they what? Except they agree. That agreement we see is your agreement and your acceptance of all that God what has to what has to give. Amen. Now that the walk of faith is the, is the kind of walk which the sheep walks. So when you look at the sheepfold, um, one of the most important things that he was saying that the most important thing about a sheep is the heart of the sheep. And I said, wow, that's, I've not heard that before. Actually, I thought it was maybe the ears of the sheep because that's how the Bible emphasizes it, that the sheep hear the voice and you know, if the sheep can hear, you can still save the sheep as long as the ear is open. Amen. But he now said that it's the heart. And I said, wow, interesting. And I began to see, okay, that's actually true, that the, the heart is the user of the ear. That if the ear is properly functioning, but the heart is bad, what will happen? When the ear picks all the, the vocal, the signals and the voice of the shepherd and lands on the heart, the heart will say, ah, well, this is a nice something. We usually go out, but today, you know, is it possible to, to do something else? <laughs> Praise Jesus. The heart can do that. Amen. That's why God is particular about the heart. So God doesn't write covenant on ears. Even when God is recreating and healing the ear of a soul, it's for the purpose of reaching the heart and to change the heart. Praise Jesus. Now, now this thing about walking, walking with the shepherd, you know, see so that the walk of a sheep is actually something that proceeds from the heart of the sheep. That's why it is called walk of faith. That, amen, for we live by what? Faith and then what? And not, and not by sight. We live by faith. Praise Jesus. We walk by faith, verse 7, sorry. That for we walk by faith and what? And not by sight. Now, does the sheep have sight? Every sheep has sight. But the sheep does not walk by their sight. I mean the sheep of God. And you say, oh, but as a Christian, shouldn't we have sight? Yeah, you should have sight. Amen. Amen. But the, the purpose of sight for a spiritual person is not purely just to give you instruction alone to walk. Because it's not possible for every sheep Really, to be honest, to see the shepherd. If you look at the flock, like you can, most shepherds, like how many flock does God have? There are many. If you look at the flock, really how the sight of sheep works is that sheep don't see the shepherd. Well, who the sheep sees is the next sheep beside them. Praise Jesus. And God, and it is that way. The God who wants to lead you, first of all, the Bible says he's invisible. In fact, no man can even come. So if anybody says, I've seen God, most likely he's a lie. You haven't seen God. I'm not saying you didn't see something. <laughs> Praise Jesus. But most likely you didn't see God. Praise Jesus. Now, the, the sight of the soul, mainly when it comes to seeing, you see, you don't, you can never see God. I mean, in as we are still journeying, 
We can't see God as clearly as you can see your brother or your sister. That there's a place where you see him as he is. But until the soul gets to that point, Paul was saying that we see darkly or we see dimly. Every sight of God you can see or can perceive will always be darkly or dimly. And one thing about dim sight is that dim sight is not enough to walk with in a conclusive way. That when you see a a a dim appearance, but you must add that appearance to something. What the ship adds to the appearance, the, the, the blurry appearance, is the part of the other ship. I don't know if that makes sense. We, I think, when we were watching the video. I think it was Daddy and I were watching the video of some ship. And we saw that the way they were moving, it's as if there is a glue connect to each of them. Like they have to almost feel each other to walk. That's the mystery of the flock. That's the, the lock within the ship is that the ship, like the, and it's very clear when you see sheep, you know that this ship can't see anything because in front of him are like 100 other ships. Praise Jesus. So, so within the flock is a, is a mystery. There's a sight there, but it's not a sight of, ah, I can see God for myself. I know everything about the direction of my life, therefore I'm ready to go. Most likely what you are seeing is not God at all. Praise Jesus. So they say that when it comes to walking, they say, but we walk by faith and what? Not by sight. That it doesn't mean there is no sight involved. Praise Jesus. But it, faith has a lot in it. Sight is a component of faith. When I say sight, I mean your own sight. Is a component of faith. But when you begin to open up faith, you see many things there. You see patience. You see humility. You see brokenness. You see submission. You see the coming under in there. You see all kinds of things inside, inside that thing called faith. What is summarized as faith. Which is what is the empowerment for what? For what? For walking. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And then the one thing I want us to take from this is just to re, sort of readjust our attitude about following the Lord. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. To readjust what? Our attitude about following the Lord. Why? When you go into the sheepfold, there's an atmosphere around the sheepfold. It's an atmosphere of faith. Sheep, they are high on faith. Was it Pastor TJ that was teaching about the sheep that were just, what was making them fall off the cliff? Faith. Should, is this the next step? They say, they don't verify. There's just, they, they trust the collective invisible program that does not land on one sheep, but is over the, the flock. Is that every sheep keys into that, it's called our faith. Are you seeing that that our faith, God did not deliver faith to any one individual. That if you want to walk by faith, you want to live by faith, be willing for collective activity. If you take, if you, if you shift out of the collective journey, 
and then you say, I have so much faith, I can follow. The moment you step outside the flock, that your faith is no longer faith. But it doesn't mean that you won't be hearing as you hear you, you used to hear. It doesn't mean that you won't be getting revelation. Why? Because you don't discover that that shepherd has other, many other people who sounds like him. That immediately he stops talking to you, they can take over seamlessly. You wouldn't know that anybody, there's been a switch of talking. You feel like, ah, I've been hearing God since the same way he talks to me. Um, but I just want to do my own separate thing for some time. But you won't detect that somewhere along the line, something switched. It wasn't the same guy who was talking to you. That there's somebody, else, another shepherd. Like Pastor TJ was saying, has began to speak. Praise God. So that thing called our faith, amen, has... Like, if you, when you study the flock, you see there's a collective aspect of it. That each flock, their journey is so much tied to the others. And then, you know, see, when Peter came on the scene in First Peter, began to speak about the trying of our faith. That they are the trying of our faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, that might be found, what, when it is tried with what fire, that it might be found, what, unto praise, honor, and what, Glory at the word appearing means that if it will be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the means when he finally appears, right, then that's when they will check the faith. Has it been found unto praise, honor, and glory? It means that faith has been in operation before his appearance. Might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearance of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom, though now you see him not. We're talking about faith. Now you see him not, yet believing. You rejoice with what? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise Jesus. Whom having not seen. Whom having not seen. They are not saying that you, at this point, they are not talking about that you should not have the sight of revelation or that the eyes of your understanding should not be enlightened. No. This sight is talking about the sight of appearance. So in the context of full appearance, you have not seen yet. Praise Jesus. Because to construct the appearance of the Lord Many, many scenes must have occurred. And not just many scenes, plenty of walking. Plenty of walking without appearance and without seeing. So that's also a reason why you shouldn't get discouraged if you come to a church and on the first day you don't see Jesus and say, I am him who died for you and I'm here to take you home. And there's everything about me. In fact, I'm going to tell you everything that happened from my from the, when I, the cross and hell and in heaven, I will tell you everything. And then, because when you come to the church, there's always an element there has to be, because this being that we are speaking about is a being in a far away world that the soul has to be shepherded to meet. Praise Jesus! Do you understand? So every sheep, um, they call it. But um, what I'm speaking concerning, um, Apostle Paul called it in Galatians chapter 3, he called it the hearing of faith. He said that he who walketh miracles among you, he who ministered unto you the spirit, do it he by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. The hearing of faith is a way of hearing that is faith-oriented. 
And not every believer has that. A lot of believers hear by logic and by thinking. Okay, this one you just said now, prove it to me. Then they say, well, there are other many things. No, 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 no. Let, we can't move from this one to the other one. Prove this one first. And you hold the preacher to ransom. And say, that one you said last week, you haven't proven it, so I'm going home. I'm not coming again. And I'm going to stay here until you prove everything that you have said. That's, that's not the attitude of a sheep. Are you getting what I'm saying? That every a sheep has to be willing to know in part. According to 1 Corinthians 13, knowing in part is a faith posture and a faith attitude. I don't need to know everything. I, it's okay to know in part and then come again tomorrow and know in part again. And keep knowing in part and not be tired of knowing in part. Because there's one day, he said, when we shall see him. There's one day that we shall see him. That's the day of appearance. There will be a day when that which is part will be done away with. There will be a day when you, you no longer see dimly. But that day you will see what? Brightly. He said that at that time, you will, be, that you will know as you, are, as you are known. Means that you can see him the way he is seeing, he is seeing you. Praise Jesus. Are you, are you, are you, you get what I'm trying to say? To this? It's very, very simple. I don't have revelation. I'm just... <laughs> Praise Jesus. Um, I, just, I'm just, I just want to stir up the attitude of the sheep. The attitude of hearing is a, is a kind of nature. Is a, that's what separates you from the world. For in the world, before anything can be done, you, they'll set up a panel, go and do investigation. They have to do the verify it. They do tests. They confirm every single thing. And even at that, they are still sure. They have to put in measures. Praise Jesus. But in Christendom, it's not that way. In fact, the Bible itself, when you start reading it, you realize very quickly that it wasn't, it's not a book that's written to prove every, every single line. That is actually array, it's written to people who are willing to be lost in, in uh, it's, it's written to someone whose heart is armed to not, to labor without seeing or without appearance. And then after a while, he said, who will he teach knowledge? Who will he cause to understand doctrine? He that's been weaned from me, that has been drawn from the breast. Right? That's those who are ready to be taken out into pasture. Now, for those people, how do they now initiate the process? It's precept must be upon precept. What does precept mean? Precept means little. It's precepts are the, the tiny divisions of the thought of God. That a soul should spend their lifetime gathering until the day of appearance. Precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Hear a what? Little. They didn't say hear plenty. Hear everything. Tell me everything now. Otherwise I don't believe you are a false preacher. You are a false prophet. What did God do yesterday in heaven? Make it clear. I'm plain. But it is here a little. And it's not, it's not here a little, then here a little, and here a little. So everything about here is clear. No. Is that if you say come today, they will talk about here. 
A little. Then tomorrow you feel, okay, say we were here yesterday. Why can't we just finish that thing here? So you say, no, no, it's here. Then they, after a while you see yourself there. <laughs> a little. <laughs> but the kind of ministry we have today, we don't have that kind of, we are not armed. The kind of churches we have, are not, we're not armed with that kind of heart. So, and some ministers are weak. They now fall into the blackmail of, they have to, every time you come, 12, 30 minutes message, they have to paint the whole picture from top to bottom. And some preachers try, try to do it, but most of the time what they paint is not correct. It's to try and forcefully give flock a representation of the Lord that they feel applicable to their present life, but it's a lie. But they can go home happy. Wow, what a preacher. It makes so much sense. Not like the other one who talks here and then talks there and then talks there everywhere. And after talking, we don't know what he has said. But when you come here, he tells you Monday do this, Tuesday do this, Wednesday very, very clear. You get what I'm saying? Say here a little. That is the hearing of faith. I pray the Lord will bless us and give us grace and arm us with such ability and strength as we follow the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you all this praise. May this not just be words, but Father, let your Holy Spirit keep them in our heart and strengthen us with it as we walk with you and we journey with you. Thank you, our Father. We bless your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen.